Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Sliwa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. Who's the cat that woke up out when the all about? Right on. They say this cat shaft is a bad mother. I'm done my shaft. He's a complicated man, but no one understands him but his woman. The new theme song for Eric Adams. Swagger man with no plan. Uh, Anthony Weiner, also with Sitting Shiva, the death of Richard Roundtree, who grew up in White Plains in Westchester and was the king of the black exploitation movies with four editions of Shaft. I think there was Shaft in Africa, Shaft Do the Right Thing. I remember seeing them all at the Deuce. Sometimes you get to see three flicks for $5. Richard Roundtree. What was your neighborhood theater? No, that was in Canarsie. They would never play a black exploitation movie. Are you kidding? They would have burned the movie house down. We used to go to the, we used to go to the Kent. We had the Plaza in Park Slope, which used to be this beautiful, majestic theater. And then they made it into like an eightplex and it's just lost all of its mojo. No, you had to go to the Deuce because on one side you have all the kung fu flicks of Run Run Shore. Three flicks for five dollars. Old guys jumping in the air like a thousand feet, throwing reverse uh, spinning hook kicks. And then on the other side were all the black exploitation movies. So you had Richard Roundtree and Shaft. You had uh, Superfly TNT. You had Sweetback. You had Foxy Brown with Pam Greer. I saw yeah, them all. Yeah. Yeah. Pam Greer. Oh, oh. Black exploitation. You can't make those movies now. Even I think they remade Shaft later on. No, no, you can't. This reminds me, you know, my dad of blessed memory, he used to do these like, oh, for 15 cents, we would go see a, we'd see a, a double feature and we'd get a bag of peanuts and all for 15 cents, whatever it was. I'd and the matinee, the whole day remember, they have the matinee. The matinee, I know, my God. Yes. But, but anyway, the point being, the reason why I've now incorporated this as the theme song for Eric Adams is he's got to operate like John Schaff now because the walls are closing in. So under normal circumstances, you known Eric, I've known Eric, I've known him over 40 years. When in trouble, he plays the race card. This is a tough one. Uh, there are pending investigations by Alvin Bragg, who basically was raised with him at the National Action Network headquarters of Al Sharpton. Right? They're friends. We've seen that. Then you have a brand new U.S. attorney. In the Eastern District. Right. It reminds me a little bit of Barack Obama. Smooth. Uh, African-American. Chuck, Chuck Schumer appointee. Right. Chuck Schumer, you know. Tough to all of a sudden claim that, you know, this is racially motivated. Maybe when all is said and done, if the walls continue to close in, you say, 
This is Biden's revenge through the Department of Justice. Oh, for but, God's sakes, well, enough but, of this. Menendez has said that how many times, right? Enough of this. Like, Joe Biden knows when they're going to execute a search warrant in Brooklyn. I mean, look, before you get too far out over your skills and skis and your glee is like filling up this room, because I know you love this stuff. Remember, they thought they had Bill de Blasio. Long investigation turned out that they weren't going to charge him. We have seen our colleague Rudy Giuliani have a search warrant executed, all kinds of headlines about what it was going to mean, and then it turned out to be nothing. I'm just saying let's let's wait and see because here's what at fundraising, it's full of pitfalls. There's a lot of rules, but, you know, taking a, a donation from someone who, sh- who shouldn't have been allowed to give is hardly earth-shattering, and let's wait to see if anything comes out. Now, I will say, I read about it, Eric Ehrlich, there's another, more names coming out in that case. He's got a lot of smoke around his administration right now. He can't there be multi- Multiple it. investigations by friends. These are not adversaries. These are not people who say, It's I'm very like, hard to say this is a political right. witch hunt. I'm, I'm going to make my bones on Eric Adams' grave. It, it, it's not. But what did occur, now we now know occurred because they've acknowledged it, is the night before the raid on Brianna Suggs's brownstone. It's not hers. It's her family, her father and mother's. She happens to live there. It's also where she does her work as. Eric admitted yesterday, Eric Adams on Channel 11, she was my primary fundraiser. She raised close to $18 million. Now, you really think a 25-year-old woman with limited fundraising skills, we're not talking like an old veteran of the political process, was capable of alone of raising eighteen who do you million think, dollars. Who do you think runs campaigns and does these jobs? Campaigns. It's it's the it's the purview of twenty five year olds. That's who does this okay, kind of you, stuff. You, you keep thinking that. No, that's a, look when you you go out, you become a fundraiser in your twenties, and then waste all the contacts that you make raising money for your boss. You go out and you become a lobbyist, you become a consultant, or you become something in well, a bank. I believe she is a nice face, a calming face to the business of City Hall, which is uh, City Hall is for sale, like it was in the third administration of Ed Koch. You want to do business, City Hall is for sale. And Eric Adams has been very defiant in terms of who his associates are. As you know, the old proverb is, uh, we judge you by the company you keep. An old man, he is surrounded by people who've been in all kinds of trouble. I mean, a lot of people. At all, and he always says, I do that because I mentor them. Well, you're the mayor of the city of New York. You're not a therapist. Uh, you're not somebody who's running uh, a clinic to try to get people back on track. You're the mayor. I don't know. Look, let me just say that. First of all, I, as someone who asked for a second chance and got it here at, at 77 WABC, I believe in people giving people second chances. Here's the problem. And I think a lot of this is what makes Americans very cynical about money and politics. It, the, you know, you say that she's the face of City Hall, pay for play, whatever it is. Even the most ethical person, if they spend four hours a day making fundraising calls and their fundraising staffer says, Hey, Anthony was having a conversation about fundraising with this person and they mentioned that they've got this amazing cure for cancer and they can't seem to get the FDA to approve it. Can you call the FDA and see what's going on? Probably legal, probably happens all the time, probably fine, but it's, it is, it's kind of, so the fundraisers are a constant presence in every office. I don't like it. It's, but 
Uh, the only alternative is the Mike Bloomberg's of the world who don't have to raise any money, and those people are beholden to li- literally nobody. Understood. But we're talking about a foreign country, Turkey. We don't know anything yet, do we? Yes, we do. Trust me, I've been right on everything, haven't I, Anthony? Ahead you're, of the you're right on a lot of stuff, but i got to tell you this. I mean, Last Friday, on my Rip and Read show, I opened by saying, what the hell is the mayor down at Bowling Green? Because every day, Monday through Friday, he raises a flag of some country that we can't 100%. even find on the map. Tago, Tago, or something like that. Right. So he was raising the flag of Turkey. This is the day after. This is like 24 hours after Erdogan gives a speech to like a million Turks who want Israeli-Jewish blood, who said that Hamas, the Mujahideen, their freedom fighters, they are not terrorists, and basically, you know, from the river to the sea. All and that by nonsense. the way, Hamas has offices in Turkey yes. right now, and yeah. Turkey doesn't consider them a terrorist organization. So I see that on his schedule early in the morning. I tell Noam Layden, no. Could you contact his uh, director of uh, public affairs, who's now a deputy mayor, Fabian Levy, who happens to be Jewish also? Like, the optics here suck. You're going to be raising the flag of Turkey a day after the guy has attacked Israel and Jews and aligned himself with Hamas. Took him a while to get back. And then finally they got back and they said, well, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean he's aligned with the politics of the country. So I say, very strange, very strange. Well, in fairness, every day he's doing one of these. Yeah, but look, that's something that somebody at City Hall should have said. Eric? I agree. Not the right thing. Now, to give you an example, he was going to raise the flag of Malaysia yesterday. It was on his schedule. Again, I contact Noam Layden. I said, Noam, would you contact Fabian Levy and let him know the previous prime minister and the present prime minister of Malaysia and Kuala Lumpur are the most virulent anti-Semites. They say Jews have hook noses. They are Holocaust deniers. Uh, the previous prime minister, like Ahmadinejad, was an invited guest at Colombia. Well, plus, and the other thing about Malaysia, they're laundering Iranian money and selling yeah. it to China and putting a lot of money in Iranian Well, pockets. somebody must have wised up. Because they sent out a new schedule for Eric Adams in which that period at 12 uh, noon, raising the Malaysian flag was actually red lines out, red lined out. This is crazy. Now, no mayor has ever done these kind of things. It's always the suspicion that if you're doing these kind of public events for foreign countries, that there's a benefit to you and whatever you're doing, Eric Adams. Now it turns out we learn information uh, published in your newspaper of record, the New York Times, that Eric Adams, when he was borough president, traveled to Turkey six times at the Turkish government's expense. Now, I don't know about you, Eric. I don't know what Turkey has to do with Brooklyn other than there are Turks on Coney Island Avenue who have businesses. And there's a, no, there's a big Turkish community in New York. Six times? I would not. I, I went. Yes, I, I would not go yeah, to Turkey yeah, six yeah, times. Okay. I went to Turkey once, not on anyone's dime. But but look, this looks bad. I tell you, but let this, me let me I'm continue. Sorry, I'm sorry. There's more. It Turkey gets, it gets worse. Now sends money to a Turkish construction firm in Williamsburg, KSK, owned by a Turk who held a fundraiser for Eric Adams, like recently your friend Arthur Idala did. Everybody's in the room who works for the company, and they all write almost the same check, $1,100, just about in that area. 
Turns out the city, which is a great publication, by the way, it is uh, not. They do a great job. uh, Started to call up all these people and said, hey, did you uh, make a donation to Eric Adams? No. Uh, Are you sure? I never made a political donation in my life. Straw donors. This has happened in political campaigns. Uh, it happened to John Liu in 2013. Can, can, can I explain what that is? Yes, Just, yes so, of course. So we have a great program in New York that is supposed to take the pressure off of people who want to are middle class people or who don't have a lot of rich, fancy friends so that they can raise money from New York City residents that then gets more rather than rich people. And so what we do, you, the taxpayer, is we say if you raise a money uh, raise from people who in, in small amounts will give matching funds on top of that. So what that means is that if you want to give a large contribution, you might be saying just, huh, if you're going to give matching small contributions, why don't I just get nine of my friends to take my money and donate it as if it's their money and then get the matching funds? Sure. That's called creating a straw donation. So when Curtis says, well, people didn't know they had donated, maybe they did and someone had donated in their name. That is a pretty serious crime. Or the boss gives you a pay raise uh, immediately that covers your donation. Right. This way, the money is not coming out of their pockets individually. It's really the Well, boss. it would have to, though. I mean, there are ways to stop that because it has to be a check coming from your own place. But even if you are someone who goes into the, the you know, you, you own a company and you go down to the, to the factory floor and say, can I, 10 of my, 10 employees come over here. Here's a piece of paper. Write a check for $100 to Eric Adams campaign. I will pay you back $120. Right, right. That could be what this is about. Okay. The person who owns the company is a Turk, Ankar. Uh, he was one of many people who were raiding on that same day. See, those raids haven't gotten the attention, obviously, that Brianna Suggs got helicopter, you know, over the treetops, 80 agents, like out of the, uh, out of a TV, uh, uh, scene, out of a movie right. scene. So Ankar is taken away by guys with guns, at least that's what his neighbors said is in condo. Uh, and he got into SUVs and they drove away. So the plot thickens. Here it is. Imagine Anthony Weiner. You're the mayor. You've been begging, beseeching to get a meeting at the White House. You have your fellow mayors who are in the same dire straits, Chicago, Denver, a bunch of others. Congressional delegations are there. They're going to come in, use your collective pressure to and try you put to- out. You put out a video on social media. I'm on the plane flying down to do my job. Right. That's 745, and he's he, he hushed tones because, you know, the stewardess probably said, hey, you know, uh, wheels up, last message, we got to pull out. The moment he's up in the air, the FBI is stepped off because they obviously have been telling him. They know he's gone. They they click the raids off, Brianna Suggs being the big one. They go in. She's sitting out on the stoop of the brownstone in uh, Crown House with her father. And I believe, this is what I believe, that uh, she picks up the phone, because they didn't take a phone. And you know who she called. Take a guess of who she called out of all the people, because she obviously couldn't reach well, well, Eric you, Adams. No, but you made an interesting point. It's now been reported they waited till the moment that Eric Adams took off and knew they'd be out of town in order to do this raid, which is pretty interesting, because they obviously thought, we don't want the mayor calling a bunch of cops to come circle this place, whatever it is. I imagine they call. she called not knowing which of the – Deputy mayor she's closest with, one of them, right? One well, of the women that she is the, the godmother of uh, Bianca Suggs, 25. 
is a person that we've talked about pretty extensively here, who uh, is the woman who was sent by God to assist the mayor. She has no designated position. She's not a deputy mayor. She is a free agent. Lewis Martin, your very dear friend, who's been with the mayor eons. Her husband was originally a police partner. I- Iris or Inez? Who is, which, is well, you, you always we, forget their we, name. You did too. Isn't that Lewis? Oh, uh, what is, what is her name? It's, it's Lewis Martin. Don't it's you not know? Lewis. Martin. Yes, it is. That that's her name. Come on. Is it? All What's right. wrong with you? You don't know. You probably okay. have run I, into her fifty times. I don't know. All right, go ahead. Anyway, well, continue. I know she hates me. Continue uh, the story. Continue the story. So she probably says to her, "Hey, I ain't going down for this. <laughs> I mean, I didn't sign up for this. This is like right out of a movie." She doesn't ask for your friend Arthur Idala. She doesn't lawyer up. The FBI does its raid. It gets everything it wants. It gets paperwork. It gets laptops. It gets uh, cell phones. And they leave. Now, we don't know what happens to Brianna. Meantime, they're doing simultaneous raids of other people that we've yet to hear about publicly. And the night before, and this indicates how there had been a leak, either in the U.S. Attorney's Office or the FBI, Internal Affairs of the NYPD, calls up the 77th Precinct, which is nearby Brianna Suggs' Brownstone in Crown Heights, and they say, you need to do a wellness check at the home of Brianna Suggs. They send two cops over there to do a wellness check, and they tell them, get the names of everyone living there. Now, I believe the IAB was uh, met them there because that gives them cover. And they go in there and they did a bug sweep, which is what they do. They've got the technological tools because they're the ones who put bugs on to get bad cops. They're hated by the police. But they also know technological uh, surveillance countermeasures. And I think they went in there to check for bugs. Doesn't add up. By the well, way, then why the IAB? By the way, it's Ingrid Lewis Martin. I wasn't that far off. No, see, I don't want to say her first name because every time I mention her name, <laughs> uh, they're screaming, hollering, yelling, did you? Why would you send in the one part of the police department that is in their job is turning in bad cops? You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't get that. You'd get some kind of you. You know, you'd call Bernard. Is his brother called Bernard? Yeah, but he he doesn't know this kind of. You'd call Banks. You'd call one of those guys if you really wanted to do some kind of inside cover job. You wouldn't do IAB. The the IAB they they have the tech tools. Really, remember, you're just doing a sweep. You pass it across the walls. You pass it. I know, but these guys are known for being the guys that are chosen. There are the guys that say, "I'm going to put mission over all kinds of politics." Uh, It's a different police department now, as you know. (laughs) With Phil Banks, uh, deputy mayor of public safety, unindicted co-conspirator who should have went to jail, is basically running the police department. Uh, you got uh, Eddie uh, Pagan, he, he's really, Kavan, not not really running the police department. And you got Eric Adams. So this is, a, this is, but this is all conjecture. 99% of this is conjecture. What we do know is that sometimes there are raids and and nothing comes of it. But. Of all of the information that is often interpreted, well, let's put it this way, that can be troublesome, your campaign office is a tough one. You don't have a lot of, like, you know, people keeping an eye on what's going on. She might, I mean, if I had a guess, it's probably an investigation about whether there was some kind of influence peddling type of thing going on. But we have no way of knowing, and it could be all smoke and no fire. Wow, you are very understanding. 
Um, look, I tell you, but here's the thing. I don't, I was thinking about this. Under what circumstance would I, finding out my campaign was raided by the FBI, would I leave my actual job and fly back and cancel a meeting with the president, with the White House? Well, you knew that there were other raids going on simultaneously. But it doesn't matter. You can't do anything about it. At least anything, act like nothing's happening. Act like, okay, this is not about me. They put out a statement saying it's not about me, but I ran home to take care, to, to mind. Well, the, the optics are horrible. The optics would have been horrible anyway. So he goes to the White House. Now, I think a much more likely thing is, hear me out about this. Maybe the White House said, listen, we don't want you here. We don't want you here. This is We don't want every question for the other mayors to be about your investigation of your administration. This is supposed to be a good thing for us trying to help out with this important issue. You're a distraction. We don't want you. And either you turn around or we're going to uninvite you. How about that as a theory? Uh, it's all plausible. Yeah. Except uh, you have no inside information, do you? I do not. Do you? I take the fifth. <laughs> is there? A, we need a special sounder for when. I Kurt, take the fifth. When Curtis is well, I have rats at City Hall. We know that, right? But they don't know. Well, people think that the U.S. Attorney talks to the mayor's people. Uh-uh. No, no, but there are leaks. There are leaks in every office. Leaks in the U.S. Attorney's office. Do you FBI. think this is why Brendan McGuire left? Uh, a lot of people are leaving Eric Adams within a year. I think they realize that he has attention deficit disorder. It's like the mayor does not sit. Look, his lifelong friend, Norman Siegel, right? you can't get any more of a loyal guy than Norman Siegel, former head of the New York Civil Liberties Union. I've known him for years. He is a true believer. He actually said to Eric, Eric, I'm looking at all your pictures of what you're posting every day, you know, on your Instagram, everything. You're all over the city cutting ribbons at this festival. I've never seen you in a picture at City Hall behind a desk talking to your yeah. staff. Yeah. He's not an administrator. Uh, who cares? It, no, extraordinarily important, unless I you think, have good people to run the city. Look, here's the problem. If the general notion that there is corruption going on is not a good environment, so to some degree, what happens is all of these investigations get reported as if crime has happened, whether or not that there is, you know, where do I go to get my reputation back kind of thing. The public has now moved on. You're doing what you think is right, which is reinforcing this idea. All I'm saying is there is a very good chance this comes and goes. Remember, there's the McConnell decision in the Supreme Court that made it very hard to prove quid pro quo with politicians. There's lots of politicians who do lots of favors for lots of people. That's kind of their job. Uh, now, the fact that there's a U.S. attorney involved, this is not this is not a DA. The fact there's a U.S. attorney involved and it's a foreign government seems to be a foreign country seems to be implicated. OK, maybe there's more. And Brianna Suggs, knowing she was the target of the raid, did not lawyer up. She didn't call your friend Arthur. I was, you know, it's funny. I was wondering, I was looking for names of like who would she be. She did not lawyer up. That tells you something right there. What does it tell you? She didn't ask for a lawyer. You know, you're subject of a raid. First thing you do is you never talk to the feds. Never. Right. But how do you know she talked to the feds? And how do you know she doesn't have a lawyer? How do you know any of this? Well, I don't buy this. You know, I got to tell you something. I think you what have, have I now, been wrong. You have developed this reputation as being this kind of Svengali of these things, this kind of seer, this kind of clairvoyant. Like I, I wish you get a graphics done for the for the for the, the the webpage with you wearing kind of like what was that character, the Johnny Carson character, Karnak. Karnak, you're the like magnificent, right? Karnak, like 
the two sheep llama and the Shah of Iran. Well, you know? put it this way. Degenerate gamblers out there, having listened to me for all this past year, all of my predictions, having almost all come true, the over-under point spread is, I'm probably right, Anthony. Okay. You're uh, probably let's wrong. Let's see. Well, listen, all I know is that I'd be very sorry if she just at least have a lawyer. You might not know about it yet. She might not have told anyone about it. The lawyer might not have. But I am a little bit surprised. I am a little bit surprised that we haven't seen more of a full-throated someone defending her. I, I am. It's interesting that the, the interview that Adams gave, a sure sign, keep your friends close. He was like wrapping his arms around her. None of this, I don't know her. None of the stuff that Trump does. I never knew the guy, that kind of thing. Well, Lewis Martin, what's her first name again? Ingrid. You know, I hate to say that. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> she's on the chopping block because that's she mentors this woman. And the next guy in the circle of uh, the eye of the storm is Frank Caron, who has been everything and anything to Eric Adams from beginning, middle to end. He's the city's top lob- lobbyist. He's raised the most money for Eric Adams. He was his campaign manager. You mentioned Frank Caron. All roads lead to Frank Caron. He's next, Anthony Weiner. But... When we come back, we have to discuss where did this all start in a place called Ozone Park. I thought you were going to say Palestine, but all right, go ahead. On Cross Bay <laughs> Boulevard at a pizza joint called Aldo's that used to be the Altadana, where John Gotti Sr. and the Gambino crime family had 12-hour luncheons with the Queens District Attorney at that time, John Santucci. It all starts with Eric Ulrich. When we come back... The fruit has dropped from the rotten tree known as Eric Ulrich. And I'll explain, Anthony, and you'll, you'll sort of question me vigorously, I hope. As I tell you, the rat is eating the Parmesan cheese, and he is squealing to whoever will listen. Who's the Black Friday dick that's a sex machine to all the chips? Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart.
It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. So Anthony Weiner... The uh, FBI is flexing now. They're involved with the U.S. Attorney's Office. And while I was out in an area you represented for many years, still, they still have good memories uh, of you, Anthony. I was out in Breezy Point this past week. Big town hall meeting about uh, the uh, future of Floyd Bennett Field since the tents are already up. They haven't brought any of the migrants in yet. It's almost like a standoff at this point. I think the mayor is a... A little busy at this point to be uh, focused on who goes in the tents. But the FBI is all over the Rockaways, Broad Channel, Howard Beach, and uh, Ozone Park asking people, did you lend Eric Ulrich money? As a degenerate gambler, we now know he owed hundreds of thousands of dollars to the Banano crime family. Uh, He was always gambling with money he didn't have. In fact, the Bananos would joke to one another, let's call Eric up. We got a card game just put together in the basement in Ozone Park. Watch, he won't even shower and shave. He'll be here within a half hour to the break of dawn, and he'd always show up exactly like that. He's just addicted to gambling, and he's been that way for a long, long time. So here it is, Alvin Bragg busts him. Now, this is two months after he has gone up to the Bronx with Eric Adams to a meeting with construction firms and uh, the police intel group. And according to all reports, Eric says, give me your phone, and he gives it to his brother, Bernard. Bernard walks away with the phone, I believe, based on my information. They took the chip out. They put another chip in. So watch your back. Watch who you talk to on the phone, meaning the mayor was already aware that Eric uh, Ulrich was the object of surveillance. And it turns out it was uh, by the DA's office, Alvin Bragg, who had the detectives there on his case, who then a month later, two months later, they pick him up outside of his Rockaway apartment. They bring him down to Manhattan uh, DA office, Alvin Bragg. They sweat him down. And guess, they take his phone and they take the chip out and put a new chip in. The guy was getting all these free chips. But now they know everybody he's been communicating with. And as you know, by the next day, he had resigned, and we thought, okay, he's resigned, there's something going on, and then slowly but surely, a grand jury had been hearing evidence, and Alvin Bragg indicted him on like 16 various charges of corruption. Um, So who knows if he's negotiating with him or not. I believe what happened is the Fed stepped in, they can supersede Alvin Bragg, he's just a Manhattan DA, and said, hey, what do you know? They bring you in. It's called, and I've seen this happen to a lot of people. They, they call it, they make you a queen for a day. It's how they found out who had shot me five times on June 19th in 1992. Because they brought in Michael, uh, uh, they brought in Mickey Scars de Leonardo, and they said, we're going to charge you with three murders. What do you know that you can give to us that will save you from possibly doing 20, 25 years? And he said, well, I'm the guy who planned to hit on Curtis Lewa. And then he became a cooperating witness. I believe they brought Eric uh, Ulrich in, who is not a very imposing figure. Let's face it, he looks like Pee Wee Herman with that bow tie on. And he was queen for a day, and they said, what do you know? And I think he started spilling the beans. 
And I think that's the reason you see uh, this effort now by the U.S. Attorney's Office, by the FBI, and what may involve way more than Brianna Suggs, because this all involves construction. And remember, Eric Ulrich, during the campaign, was raising money for Eric Adams' election against me from construction firms. That was his job. And the promise was, you do a good job, uh, we'll give you a position in government. Nobody could ever conceive... Anthony Weiner, that you would make him in charge of what, under normal circumstances, is the most corrupt agency in the city, even under Rudy Bloomberg, the Department of Buildings, especially with the money that he owed the banana crime family. So it's just a matter of time. It's like putting the, a fox in the chicken coop. And I think uh, a lot of this uh, comes from the rotten fu- uh, fruit that fell from the Eric uh, Ulrich. Uh, here's the the problem with all of that, is it's held together by one supposition after another. There is no in, there, there, he, it's not a federal indictment that he's under. To say that he might be cooperating in exchange for leniency, that's not exactly a newsflash. Something like 97% of all cases wind up in some form of a plea bargain, particularly if it's something that he, he is expressing remorse for or whatever it is. The idea that he was a fundraiser in the real estate community, hey, stop the presses. Everyone is, if, if you're no, raising. Construction, construction. I understand, but if you're a fundraiser in New York City, you are basically talking to, to real estate interests, which include construction interests. That's not exactly a smoking gun. The idea that someone that raised a bunch of money for your campaign would get a position in your administration, that's not a newsflash. Anthony, buildings all, no, commissioner. All I'm buildings commissioner. All, I, all I'm saying is, it is. The Buildings Commissioner is the kind of place, if you were going to hire a Republican who had raised money for your campaign as a token Republican, Buildings Commissioner is kind of where it might be. Everybody knew if you did a DOI investigation, was hooked up to the banana but, crime but I understand, but doing this whole, I, he was doing card games and he knows the banana crime well, I mean, it sounds a heck of a, there's a lot of ad hominem, like I heard this guy say another well, guy said another guy. Look, let me give you more, Anthony. i got to tell you something. I have been in public scandals i've been in public law cases public legal cases very public i can tell you the a percent and amount of stuff that people say of like i i think it's this i think it's that is probably 95 percent wrong and the five percent is probably what this is probably what it looks like they probably are charging him with some element of using his position inappropriately that's what alvin bragg is charging right there is no U.S. attorney charging him, as far to my knowledge. And by the way, if a U.S. attorney came in, there's not a tell that they necessarily would turn it over to them. There's no such thing as a superseding anything. Of course. Not necessarily. No, if anything, if anything, you sometimes have local authorities who go in and charge after the feds have finished. Uh, Anthony, would you give me the benefit of the doubt that this, I've been? You keep I've saying right on. I will so much. I just want to remind. I know about this guy. But I've I w- been ratting him out since 2019. I want to remind. I want to remind you, though, and remind our listeners that much of what you said is you're basically doing suppositions. And I think no, no, no. I've spoken directly to the FBI about Eric Ulrich. I've said that on the airwaves. I've said that on the airwaves. I wouldn't even you spoke to the FBI. I was asked questions about his involvement with the Bonanno crime family. Right. I've been so, talking about this since 2019. Do you listen to me I, on WABC? I have not seen the FBI take you. So you're like the Babalewski in the Hunter Biden case. They again, to talk to you, but they again, didn't believe Anthony you. Anthony Weiner, if you had to make a bet, and this was. Here is my, I would not bet against you on knowing this stuff, but here's my bias. 
I overlapped with Eric when I was in that when I, he was a city councilman. I yes. don't think I overlapped with him when he ran for higher. I might have when he ran for higher office. I can tell you he is not your typical. I can see why Adams would want him. He's kind of a normal Republican. He's not a crazy guy. He was good at constituent services and everything else. I have a great deal of empathy for people who are in these kind of positions that things get talked about publicly because most people who are talking don't know and most people who know don't talk. That's just my general bias about this. So let's see how it goes. But I can tell you this. The moment that this came down, he did what I did, which is say, I can't stand the heat in the kitchen. And also, it's not good for my constituents, not good for my boss. I'm going to step down and do what I can. To do. And, and look, I, you know, I was offered a chance to go to trial at a much, and I, I chose to, to plea bargain and agree to whatever they said I, I did to get me a, a lower sentence. He might be talking to them. Well, this is not, yours was not a matter of corruption. Yours was a personal matter. No, that's true. Let me, let me compare it to uh, the guy who has now announced that he's running for Jersey City Mayor, Jim, and I call him McGreedy, <laughs> not McGreevy, because he likes to rewrite history. Remember, he resigned, he said, because I'm a gay American. What he doesn't tell you is what State Senator Lesniak, his mentor, has acknowledged in his own uh, book is that uh, Golan Sapel, who he appointed to be Homeland Security Czar for New Jersey, this is right after 9-11, had no skill, no no nothing, approaches him and says, I want $5 million to shut up about our homosexual affair. Israeli guy, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Lesniak meets with uh, McGreevy and says, man, it's going to be hard to get $5 million from our donors. Kushner's father, who was the big Medici out there for the Democrats, without people knowing that this is hush money. I don't think you have any choice but to resign. But rather than say it was based on corruption, because that was the legacy of Jim McGreevy as governor, he said it's because I'm a gay American. You know, he basically wrote his own narrative. It had nothing to do with him being gay. Yeah. So he's going to try to rewrite that and now run for the mayoralty. And when he announces officially, I will be over there to say, did you try to raise $5 million in hush money to bribe Golan Sapel so that he would not tell the story of his but personal even relationship? That, even that you. stuff that you did to try to cover up something you're embarrassed by, I think the voters deal with that the same way as they do the original crime. Yeah, you try to cover up something you're embarrassed by. I get it. Let me ask you a quick question. If you were Brianna Suggs <laughs> and the FBI was there, 80 guys and gals, and the helicopter was overhead, you would have asked for an attorney, wouldn't you? I bet she did. I bet you she didn't, because RDI Dell, who's always available to d- defend anything from the Adams administration, did not get a call. I'd like to present my lawyer, Frank Carone. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, we got to talk a little bit of the case that you first brought to our attention, why you cannot house people at Floyd Bennett Field for the purpose of housing them overnight. You first heard it. From Anthony Weiner here, left versus right, it seems like a lifetime ago. The tents are up. The migrants are not there. What potentially can happen as there is an impasse? I'll call it, I'll declare this to be mine, a Mexican standoff in Floyd Bennett Field. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. Uh, 
Get a little West Side Story here on the tarmac at Floyd Bennett Field. We expected the migrants to be there by now. Anthony, in paramilitary fashion, the tents went up, three tents, the ancillary tents. They're ready to go. Everything's been put on hold. Legal aid has stored the facility. They've said exactly what you told us months ago. You were the first on this very show, said you can't house families, women and children, uh, out in Floyd Bennett Field. In fact, your contention, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, was you can't house people there sleeping overnight. You can't have them in a congregate setting. You can't have children. Thank goodness you can't. You can't have children in that kind of a setting. So the city knows this, and yet they said we're sending uh, families out there. They've yet to send anybody. Legal aid is toward it. They're good at what they do. They know how to go into court and get a restraining order. And I think once Eric Adams is not distracted by everything going on in his life, uh, he's going to say, see, I tried. Now i got to bring in the overload of single, able-bodied young men that continue to come in uh, to the city. And then the battle begins. But still, I think uh, you can make the argument that even single, able-bodied men in a tent should not be housed in a federal park. Is that that was your? You shouldn't be. I don't think you can you can create a housing in a federal park. That's that's anything more than having a uh, a Winnebago. It floods like crazy there, as you know. We, thank goodness it hasn't rained much. You are nowhere near uh, civilization. That's part of the reason why people visit the park. It's kind of off the beaten trail. Oh, it's way off. You have to, if you're going to, if you're going to take a bus down Flatbush Avenue, it's a good four or five stops before you get to Avenue U, before you get to Kings. Well, King's you Plaza. as a professional bird watcher know that because all <laughs> exactly. the bird watchers are back there. Exactly. And going in the other direction, which actually might be where they, the migrants decide to go to get the Beach 116th Street train. They might go the other direction. Of course, over the bridge, I over mean, the so Gil they, Hodges they, bridge. They might go, yeah, they, they might go down to the rock, down to the, to the peninsula. So it's a terrible place for it. And I'm not surprised. Do you think that, that the Adams administration knew that, um. Yeah. Yeah, they, because you remember, they've now in arbitration with legal aid and coalition for the homeless on the right to shelter. They decided not to fight in court. The judge said, look, I want to recuse myself from this. Why don't you guys and gals all just sit down and do this through arbitration? And the city agreed. So I think the city believes that its case, at least the Adams administration, its case about the right to shelter goes beyond just citizens of the United States. That it includes well migrants. Well, also, the Callahan decision, sure, it has a right to housing. It's about two inches thick of specific rules about the conditions that they have to be. That was part of... When the Coalition for Homeless signed on to this, they didn't just say give us a right. They said this is specifically what it is that we want. And, and I think because they're in arbitration now with their adversaries, uh, they don't necessarily want to defy their adversaries. They're picking about their fight. The You're right. They want to pick the right fight. I and I think they knew you don't put especially women and children out in those tents. By the way, you know the wind really kicks up out there. Yeah. Uh, 35 miles an hour, those tents collapse. They cannot deal with more than 35-mile-an-hour gust winds. It really whips up off of Jamaica Bay. This year, unlike previous years because of global warming and climate change, where we had no snow, you look at Farmer's Almanac, it looks like we're going to get clobbered with blizzards. Yeah, if you ever, you know, there's a football field down there that high school football teams play in. The wind is is one of the participants every week. Like, they, you know, yeah. off the field. So it is, and, and the where they built this is pretty out in the open. 
Remember, this was an old civil airfield. This was this was an airport. They thought it was going to be a bigger one. They it was our it was... first city airport. And they thought, right, and they thought it, it was before Idle. I think it was before even Idlewild was built. Yep, it was it, it was there. It's a terribly inappropriate place to and have. And that runway, runway nineteen, is the emergency runway. God forbid, if seven forty seven C four cargo container plane goes off its line of entry to JFK or LaGuardia. It's supposed to land there. But anyway, uh, it's in court. It's tied up. Uh, I've told all the rebels to keep their powder dry. Don't go, don't go demonstrating when there are women and children there. Boy, you give the enemy the optics, right? Oh, you, you heartless, you cold hearted fiends, you white supremacist, racist, you know, hold your fight. Let's see what legal aid does. I have a feeling legal aid is going to tie him up in knots, and it's going to be single able-bodied men, and then the battle begins. Now you have a wounded mayor. How much time and energy is he going to give to focusing on this? Because we've battled them all over the city. Up next, though, the biggest battle we've had the last few weeks are the competing demonstrations, pro-Israel, pro-Palestinian. Last weekend... Total, first Grand Central, Jews for Justice, shut it down. The next day, outside of the Brooklyn Public Library, Eastern Parkway, Flatbush Avenue, thousands, uh, and then they ended up going over the Brooklyn Bridge right into Union Square Park by 9 o'clock at night, in which they were singing Alu Akbar, Long Live Hamas. And this week, and this weekend, so far, nothing. Wait, they're too organized. They're too focused on the news cycle to have been passing up these demonstrations. Huge one today in Washington, D.C. Some might say, well, they all went there. Nope. I have a feeling I know where they'll be tomorrow. We got to discuss it up next. Because remember, you got to study your enemy. Don't think like you want to think what you would do. Think of what your adversaries or the enemy would do. Right here on left versus right, Anthony Weiner, yours truly, Curtis Lewa. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. Somewhere in the Rosenberg household in Bell Harbor, Sid's wife Danielle is getting ready to run with the NYPD Marathon Squad. In the New York City Marathon, which starts tomorrow. By the way, my marathon continues. I get an extra hour of broadcast overnight because of daylight savings. I was wondering about what happens in that case. I get seven hours instead of six. So just at about the time that I'm finished, it's the start of the marathon on the Staten Island side. Danielle is ready to go. All the runners have traveled from all over the world. Many of them have dedicated their lives. Lots of prize money for the winners. Now, they go over... And they end up going through Sunset Park, Brooklyn Heights. Fourth Avenue, yeah. And then eventually Greenpoint, and then they're over into Queens. They've been quiet, the pro-Palestinian demonstrators, right? Have you noticed any activity? You think they're going to run in the race? You think that's why they're training? Well, I'm sure some of them will fly Palestinian flags, and some will fly Israeli flags. I I don't have a problem with that. But you got to believe that this is the one event the whole world watches almost religiously and at some point in that Brooklyn run 
since they live in that area, strong when Black Lives Matter and Antifa were out there on a regular basis the summer of 2020, George Floyd, many of them came from that area. They'd assemble at Barclays Center, thousands. And I believe at some juncture they will be dressed normally and the signal will go out because they're like a paramilitary oh. group. Jump into the street, block the marathon. Danielle will come face to face with a <laughs> Jew for Hamas. What the hell is she going to do? <laughs> She'll get locked up in mile 13. Right, but it'll stop the race, garner tremendous headlines. It's uh, a slam dunk. You're forgetting something very important. What's that? About this. These anti these pro Palestinian, pro Hamas people, they're all slackers. They're not up that early. They would have to get. They'd have to get out of bed. I know they get an extra hour of sleep, which makes it more likely. But these guys, these guys, these these people don't open a book. You think they're going to get up that early to go? It, it is a pretty brilliant idea. You know, I've started to think that your next career, yes, when you you finished you know, like conquering the airways, you should be a consultant in mass gathering. In mass gatherings and protests. You for, really, for you, you should write the next book. Whoever the rebels you are. You should write whatever the version of Steal This Book. You should write the next one. It will be uh, an addition to what I was raised on. People were always shocked when I said, my father taught me rules for radicals by Saul Alinsky. Right. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There are a lot of good things in there that I've used. And you remember, you did the town hall meetings for Obama Health Care. You were one of the few. Yeah. The Tea Party used the very techniques of Saul Alinsky's group, Rules for exactly. Radicals, to get into a meeting and to basically start yelling from all different areas of the room. So if the pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas forces are out there listening, you think that right now they're waiting, they're decorating their T-shirts, their Free Palestine T-shirts, and they're going to interrupt the marathon tomorrow, get on national TV, and they're going to be have their butts kicked by a lot of marathoners who just want to get the 26 well, miles done. Well, you see, they wouldn't mind that either if yeah. they're sitting there and all of a sudden marathoners are kicking them. The police department is out there in force. They'll have their special units out, counterterrorism, SRG, all of that. But if you come in at one particular venture and you go over those wooden barricades and under... And you blend in, because let's face it, they look like a lot of people from those areas that are going to be cheering. You blend in. You will definitely rock everybody's world. Not a bad idea. And And you're onto something. Let me tell you something. I've warned, I've warned the police department. You know what they introduced me to? Mr. Click. We're the police. We know what we're doing, Sliwa. You're just a talk radio show host. Okay. I warned you. Get the drones ready. Get the drones right. ready. I warned you. Watch. I hope it's not true. But watch. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.